0: Welcome to the Grace City Church Podcast, where we believe that Jesus died to reconcile us to God, to others, and to make us reconcilers. We're so glad you're here, and we pray that wherever you're watching, God is doing transforming work in you through this message. Haven't met you before. My name is David. I get the privilege of serving as uh, one of our pastors here uh, on staff, and um, excited to be able to, to to serve in our service from the teaching side of things this morning. So um, look forward to uh, to getting into the text with with y'all. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll be in the second half of uh, of chapter one, um, and I really have. Kind of one main point for for us today uh, that I want that I want to look at from from this text, and and that is the the power and purpose of examples, of what God is doing, in using examples as a way of. of communicating his message, as a way of uh, orchestrating his plan, as a way of executing on what he is doing in, in the world. So that's going to be where we are going today. I see a few uh, out there. Today is Family Worship Sunday, so we're excited to have a few kids with us today. If y'all are, are there and got that sheet out in the, out in the lobby, um, there should be a place on there to, to write down some keywords. And even if you're not a kid and you're just wondering, hey, what's a good outline? Here you go. We have three keywords for you. The first is example. You'll hear me say that a lot if you want to tally uh, how many times I say that, it will uh, it will fill up the page uh, cuz we're going to be talking about examples today. Uh, the second is joy and the third is is turning. And, uh, and and to go along with that, I don't normally do this, but if you if you like a good traditional like Baptist sermon, we are going to go through the the power of example and then the pattern of example. And then the purpose of example. So there you go. For all my type A's that like to take good notes, there you go. There you go. That's where we are. That's where we're headed today. So uh, let me pray, and then and then we're going to jump, jump in. <clears throat> God, this is your time. This is your space. And these are your people. And you have total authority over all of it. And so we just agree with you and uh, and say, this is yours. Do what you want with it. All of us need you. There's not one person in this room that didn't walk in needy uh, or not having any needs. All of us are needy. All of us need something from you right now in this moment. And you are aware of each one of us individually and personally and intimately. And so I just pray that you would use this time to speak to your people. That your word wouldn 't return void that you would use me how you see fit, all right, so we're talking about examples. I want you to think uh, I got a question for you at the, here, here, here at the beginning. I want you to think of something that you 're good at, something that you feel like, yeah, that comes naturally to me like when i when I went to go do that, I could do it. you might have gotten better over time but 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 you can you can do it what what what's something that you're that you're that you're good at. Uh, we we um, we went just a couple couple weeks ago. Have, have any of y'all gone to that Van Gogh experience that was traveling around? Yeah, one, one, two. Okay, couple. All right. So um, the idea is it's this weird like uh, uh, walk through exhibit where they take Van Gogh paintings and and. Uh, put them up on the walls and on the floors and on the ceilings and it's and it's everywhere and um and it's really like you're walking into the I mean it's really uh it's hard to describe but it's a really cool experience um it's like you're walking into these paintings but at the beginning of it there's a little bit of history and so you think of this guy I mean I'm not an art 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 historian by any means I don't I, I don't I don't know much but I but I certainly know of this guy and he seems like if there's if there's somebody who's just naturally good at something he's he's probably on the list right I mean he's he's about as as good as it gets when it comes to that style of of painting. One of the things that was interesting to me though is if you look back to where he where he started, most of his early painting is is doesn't at all look like what you think of if you think of Van Gogh, if you if you're familiar with any of his any of his works. It's dark, it's hard lines, it's very realistic. It, it it's 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 pretty um monotone and 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 seems to have kind of a, a, a dullness to it. But if you think of Van Gogh, you don't think of dull, very realistic, hard lines. You think of something that is vibrant and, and colorful and light and, and not defined because we're not trying to, 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 to portray realistic. We're trying to portray impression, right? But the, the reality is that's not how he started. This guy that we would say is an expert and one of the most natural Actually, you can watch his in, in, in his paintings, you can watch the transition happen as he moves from where he was living down into Paris and then other parts of France, and he gets around impressionist painters. He's this guy who is the, the natural, in a lot of ways, is just an imitator. Now, he built on it and, and became even greater But him becoming great was following examples. And so I I just want to ask, as you think about what's something that you're good at, I want you to think about how did you learn that thing? Who showed it to you? The reality is we learn everything by example. We're always imitating. We might be adapting. We might be making small changes. But we're always imitating. There's something really powerful in the human example, and there's something really, really purposeful in the human example, and so I want to look today. This this text really, really shows it to us at how. How example worked in this one church 's life, and how they, how they went from uh, not knowing to having an example to follow to then becoming an example themselves and, and, and I hope we can see not just uh, the history of what happened in this in this setting, but also how how that affects us or how that, how that should affect affect us so um, if y'all remember, Plunk introduced us uh, to the Thessalonians last week in our first week in the in the series. Uh, you can read about his interaction, uh, Paul's interaction with the church of Thessalonica in Acts 17. Paul's traveling right on his second missionary journey. He goes through modern day Turkey, which is Asia Minor, or Glacia, and, and he gets kind of to the to the northwest corner of it, and and deciding whether to go north and east or or go west. And Acts 16 records he he has this vision the the, the same. Go go west to Macedonia. Macedonia would have been the region there, and so the first city that he goes to is Philippi, and and that's where he's imprisoned. And then the second city in Acts 17 that he that he goes to is is Thessalonica, and he's there for a couple of weeks. And then, as Paul talked about last week, he's he's run out of there pretty quickly. Three or four weeks he's there, and then he's run out um, because of because of persecution. Um, so let me read the text, and then I want to show y'all a map and, and try and put some of these things just kind of in a in a picture for y'all. Um, starting in verse, fa- verse 5, midway through verse 5. It says, you know how we live. That's Paul, Silas, and Timothy, those who are writing. You know how we lived among you for your sake. We came, we lived with you, we were there for three or four weeks. You know how we, how we lived, and you imitated us. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we don't need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from the, wrath, from the coming wrath. Can you throw that map up there? All right, so you can get an idea. This is modern-day Greece. would have been ancient Greece. Um, you can see Italy over there on the left. So Paul comes over from the east, the right-hand side of this image, into Philippi, down to Thessalonica. They get After a couple weeks, uh, they get run out of town. He goes to Berea. They're there for a little while, and the persecution from Thessalonica follows him down in Berea. And they end up getting on a boat and, and, and going down to Athens, down kind of in the, in the middle of the... Uh, of the of the picture there, um, and then from Athens over to to Corinth, which is most likely where Paul's writing this letter from. So we're not far from him being from him being there, being with them. And he was there for three or four weeks, run out of town in Berea for a little while, on a boat for a little while in Athens for a little while, now in Corinth and having correspondence back with this church in Thessalonica. The, what do I, what do I say all that? The, the The point is, in just a short period of time. Right, we're, we're probably a handful of months after he was there. In just a short period of time, Paul's saying, the way you imitated us is now being spread to the whole region. You can see Macedonia written at the top and Achaia written in the middle. Those would be kind of states or regions of, of ancient Greece. So Macedonia would be more in the north and Achaia down in the south. Paul's saying, your example has spread throughout the whole region, not even just Macedonia and Achaia, but Everywhere not I mean obviously not literally everywhere, but he 's saying, everywhere that I hear about people talking, they know about you that 's profound that 's powerful there's something going on here, uh, and, and I, I really want to look at two two aspects so the power of example from this text we can see is 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 at least twofold right the first. He says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit, and so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you. Now, there's no, there's no record of what they're saying at this point. He's just recording how they're living. But he says the Lord's message rang out from you. The power of example seems seems to me that that God literally embodies our lives and speaks to others through it. He comes into the life of his people and it becomes an embodiment of what God is trying to say to the point that somebody could say, because they didn't just hear me, but they saw me, they could say, God spoke to me. I, I hope, I hope, I hope we, can, we can just sit for a second and realize how incredibly powerful that is, that the creator of the universe would speak to others through the way that you live. That's profound. That's significant. And not just speak to others, but it says speak to others in a way that Paul then goes on to say, so we don't have to say anything. The example has decreased the need for explanation. The living example has become the message of God to the point that those that they're trying to explain things to no longer need further explanation. They've seen the example. A lot of times we can think of following Jesus or, or be, being a Christian or, or trying to live what, what God is saying as, as things that we need to, to, to know. I, I, I have to believe the right things. And, and certainly there is power in the word. I'm taking 30 plus minutes of your time today to just speak. But this text is saying I, should, I would be able to speak less if there's a good example. Because the example decreases the need for explanation. The living example becomes the message of God. There's power in example. There's two words that I really want to highlight here uh, in this this little passage. The first is in verse 6. It says, you became imitators of us. You became imitators of of us. When I think of imitation, I usually don't think positive. I don't know about you, but maybe that's just a connotation in my mind or the context that I come from. But most of the time, if somebody said, you're imitating me, that's a negative thing. And sometimes if, if you, you would say that's an imitation. You would, you would say, oh, okay, so it's not that important. It's not the real thing. That's not the way that this is being used here. The way that it's being used here is we are all imitating something. Paul's saying, you imitated us. The point is, nobody's not imitating. We're all seeing examples and imitating some. Paul's celebrating the fact that they would choose to, to imitate him and Silas and Timothy as opposed to the surrounding culture or the things that they were doing before, Imitating here is, is a positive because it's what we all do constantly. You are always influenced by those around you. Always. <clears throat> the second word that I want to draw your attention to is translated in, in, uh, in the NIV here as, as model in verse 7. It says, and so you, you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. That word model, uh, at different places in the, in the New Testament, is translated as example or standard or pattern or type, which, which is the Greek word. The Greek word here is tupos, where we get the English word type. And maybe if, if, you've, if you've ever read or done any biblical studies, maybe you've heard the idea of types or typologies. I've heard um, uh, one uh, pastor define types as promised shape patterns, that God puts things in motion and kind of repeats patterns as a way to, to, to prepare us for, for what is to come. And so we could look back at the Old Testament and say, Abraham is a type of Christ, or David is a type of Christ, or Moses is a type of Christ, meaning they're, they're a pattern, they're a model, they're an example of, of what we should be expecting and what we need to be looking for when we think about, I need a Messiah, but this text shows us that that pattern continues on. That the Thessalonians are now becoming a type of Christ to those around them. We don't just, we, we can, we should, look to our Old Testament figures and see a model for who Christ is. But but he uses the same word to say, and you today are becoming a type. Where if somebody now is following you, not that you're perfect or that you're the Messiah, but if somebody is is following you, they are following the Lord. Because you have become an example to them. As you follow Jesus and they follow you, you now are showing them what it's like to follow Jesus. The power of example is is strong. It's very, very strong. so what 's the example that they give us what 's the pattern that're they're, they that 're that they're following this text shows us really two two things and my, my hope in in showing the pattern is not to say um, or, 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 or to to expound a ton on um, what these what these things were or how they were doing it but but to but to just hear this is what they were doing, and then even to find examples in our own context so there 's two things that this text shows us that they were that they were an example in. The first is that they were suffering with joy. Verse 6, you became imitators of us and the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. If there's one thing that we know about Paul or one thing that, that, that we can see through, through Acts and through his letters that was consistent in Paul's life is that he suffered. He suffered for the gospel. He suffered through persecution. He suffered through shipwrecks. He sh- suffered through imprisonment. He suffered through beatings. He suffered. But as one who was following Jesus, he suffered after the pattern that, he was set, that was set before him. One who suffered with joy. right? Hebrews 12. He endured the cross for the joy set before him. And so Paul, in following Jesus, endured his suffering with joy because of the joy set before him. And the Thessalonians, when they immediately get thrown into persecution because, because Paul was, was there and planting that, that church, they follow the pattern that's, that's set before them of suffering with, with joy. I, I, I sent out to our teaching team to ask, um, what are some examples in our context of of people that you have seen that have exhibited these same same qualities that have been an inspiration or example example to you. Um, and and I'm gonna share a few stories today. My my, my intent of, of sharing the stories is not to exalt somebody or to say they're perfect or to say that that that's exactly how everyone ought to be, but but the text is clear to say we should be looking for examples. We should be we should be modeling our lives after people that are that are modeling the their lives after after Jesus. So uh, we were having our ministry team meeting uh, for the men's team not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, and uh, David McClure is on that team. And we're supposed to meet at six. And five or ten minutes after six, he calls and and obviously he's a normal normally a punctual guy. Uh, so five or ten minutes after six, I get a call from him. Uh, I know something something's up. He says, "Hey, I'm going to be a little bit late. I just got in a car wreck. Was turning off uh, Ashley Hall on the 61, trying to come over to the office. Got." Was, was about to go out, and the car behind him rear-ended, rear-ended him. Hour or so later, he comes into the meeting. Okay, so he's, he's an hour or so late from his meeting because he got in a car wreck. Now he's got the, the issue or the problem or, the, or the, 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 the difficulty, the frustration of dealing with. Now he's got a car that needs to be fixed, and who knows what that's going to look like over the next, what it's going to cost or what it's going to look like over the next week or so. <clears throat> and he walks in with the biggest smile on his face saying, I just had the best conversation with her, and I got to pray with her. I found out a couple days later, by the time they were back in their cars leaving the wreck, they were exchanging bacon recipes. (laughs) I'm not trying to put David up on a pedestal. I'm just trying to say, there's an example worth following of suffering with joy, of seeing a circumstance that would be and is a frustration to all of us and him recognizing, but through this suffering, I might have the opportunity to experience the gospel, and he did. One of the members of the teaching team uh, emailed back to me and reminded me of, um, when I asked about this, of uh, Chris Singleton. Some of you might know that name. He is um, the son of one of uh, the women that was, um, that was killed in the, the Emmanuel Nine. And I hadn't, I hadn't thought about uh, him, um, but she sent me a couple links and was telling me about how, the, how he has impacted her kids. And, and I, I actually, we, we have one of, his, one of his children's books at our house. He's impacted my kids. And I was listening to some talks that he's given online and poking around on his website and his social media. This is a guy who has experienced the, the depths of suffering, and enduring it with joy not because the pain is gone but because the pain and the suffering is not hopeless or 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 purposeless but that god works through our suffering and and can produce joy. I was listening to, to, to one talk that he gave where he was speaking about this campaign. He's turning what happened there into this opportunity. To, uh, he started this campaign called Love Your Neighbor into an opportunity to impact kids and, and, and young people with, with this message of the gospel, the, the, the idea that, the, that there shouldn't be hate and division, uh, especially uh, along ethnic and racial lines. suffering with joy we need to look for examples like that literally what what, what is being written about in this text in first Thessalonians we could we could say has happened here because of that same situation the persecution that happened in a church in our city has literally become a model and example for the world and Chris is a part of that pattern of example suffering with joy the second pattern that they that they showed or that they gave us a couple verses later picks up in verse 8 it says the Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia your faith in God has become known everywhere therefore we do not need to say anything about it for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Our context is a little bit different. We don't have, uh, or most of us don't have um, figures or figurines or uh, carved images that we, that we worship to, but, but our world is just as full of idols And you and I all interact with many of them every day. And the example that was set before them was was Paul turning from idols to serve the living God. And now the story of the church of Thessalonica is that they heard the message of Jesus and turned from their idols to serve the living God. And now that message, that, that turning from idols to serve God was... Was so radical that everybody in the area is saying, Can you believe those people? They gave up this. They gave up that. They turned from this. That, that message is being spread, not by the proclamation, but by the example being lived out. So I was thinking of, what's, in, what's, what's a modern example of this? And this this one's this one's close because um, he's become a really good friend over the last. Year or so, um, and I ask him if I, I ask all these people if I could share stories. Um, many of you know Mark Zara; he's been a part of our community for for the last year or so. I ask him if I could share some of his story today, as it's been an example to me and an inspiration to me. When I get around him, I want to follow Jesus more. Uh, and I ask him if it'd be okay if I shared a little bit of his story, and he wrote back. Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Made me tear up, made me excited. Made, made all the more reason to want to, to show you, not that this guy's perfect, but just an example. Mark, a couple years ago, was, was um, I asked him, how would you describe the idol that you were, or the idols that you were, that you were serving? And he said, I would, I would describe it as, as the idol of self. I worshipped me. I worshiped me in every way possible, but it manifested itself in addiction, alcohol and other manifested itself in in a a, a worship of money and career and business in a way that um, that was very self seeking it manifested itself in in a a, a marriage that was um, as, as he described on its on its last leg was 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 at the at the brink <clears throat> and through a long season of, of of feeling like hitting rock bottom and not knowing what was going to be going to be next, he told me on January 7th, 2021, he listened to a message on a sermon on idolatry and was convicted to the core. And at that moment, everything began to change. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you his past because his present is an inspiration. There's not Many people I know that hunger and thirst for the righteousness of the kingdom of God and the word of God more than Mark and Alyssa's error. They're an example to follow. Are they perfect? No. Am I trying to exalt them into a position that they, sh- that they shouldn't be in? No. But are they example? If, if, if you were struggling with any of that, I, I couldn't think of anything better than to say, why don't you get coffee with them? Because they're an example worth following. And I didn't have time to ask all of y'all if I could tell some of your stories. Uh, and I don't want to tell anybody stories that I didn't get permission to. But, but literally, I could look around this room and, and say, there's an example to follow. There's an example to follow. There's an example to follow. Let your story be known of how you suffered with joy, how you turned from idols to the living God. And let that example be literally the very words of God that transform a whole community. There's examples all around us. There's patterns everywhere for us to see what God's doing and how He's working. So I want to finish with with, with the purpose. Why? Why does God work through human examples? Are we you can answer that. That you can answer that simply and say, "Well, it gives us something to follow. It gives us we can learn. God speaks through that. There's 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 power and examples. We're all learning how to how to do things. We're all we're all growing, and so we need examples to follow. But but why did God do it? That He's God. Like He doesn't have to work through humans. If He doesn't want to. Why why? Why has God seemingly bound his message so much to human example? In a lot of ways this the answer to this question feels like it's so simple and it's right here and yet it's like way up there and I could never attain it. The plan of God is is, is nothing if not this partnership between divine and human. From page one to the very last page in Revelation, it's God speaking about the way he wants to work with us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and on page one, he makes humans and says, we're going to do this together. You're going to rule with me. Have dominion, rule, subdue, right? You are going to be my divine, delegated, designated, royal representatives to go be, be my work. I'm going to do things in this world, but it's all going to be done with you, through you, together. This, this divine human partnership is who God is so much so that he became human, God's God's plan from the beginning is to work together with us. God's hope for us is that we would work together with him. God's whole plan for the rest of time is to work with us. It's not some divine being out here that I kind of get a little bit, I mean, in some, in some ways, God's infinite, right? So I'm just attaining to this little tiny fraction of him that I, can, that I can see and know and understand. And yet, at the same time, everything that God's revealed about himself is, it's you and I together. It's us. It's humanity that I long to work with and to be with so much so that when I take my message and spread it so everybody can know it, I'm going to do it through y'all. I could make the rocks cry out. The heavens do declare the glory of God. But my plan is you. Does he need us? No. But in some ways, that question's irrelevant. He wants us. He wants us. He wants us. It should make you look around this room and say, wow, these people are really important. You should do that right now. Look around the room and just think how important that person is you're sitting next to. God has committed himself that you would know him through them. That's unbelievably profound and in some ways so simple, but in some ways so great that I feel like I'm just barely grasping at that reality of how much God desires to do things with us. If you want to know him, love him, follow him, he says, look to examples. I work through people. Find people that are following me and follow them. They won't be perfect. They'll screw up. They'll let you down. They'll probably hurt you along the way. But I'm not doing it any other way. I am committed to this partnership with people. So much so that when God says, How am I going to save the world? How am I going to be with my people? It's, I'm going to become human. I'm going to come out of heaven and humble myself, take on the form of a human, not just a normal human, but a human in the form of a servant, and live with them. It's amazing. You are unbelievably important. Unbelievably important. Let me close with just a little bit of application. If you're thinking that there's any area of your life that you would like to grow in, I'm not saying don't spend time with God. You should. Read, pray, study. Meditate. But you need examples. You need examples. If there's any of your area of your life that you're thinking, I want to grow in this. God's calling me to do this. I want to, I want to see this change. You need examples. You need to find people around you and follow them. Model your life after them. Not, not, to, not to make them the God, but to, but to say, there's an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And if I want to see what, it, what Jesus would do, I'm, I've been given this representative of the kingdom to model my life after. You need examples. Have you seen, our, our church has just started these new community groups. As you look at your community group, you should be looking around the room saying, these are my examples that God's given me. These are people that I can look to. What does it look like to follow Jesus? Not because that room is perfect, not because everybody's got it figured out, but because that's who God's chosen to work through. We need each other. last application is others need you. others need you. We have one of our leadership values um, with we have commitments tied to them and, and and one of them is straight out of this text that we would commit to live lives worthy of imitation that that we we would live in such a way that people could look at us and get a picture of what does it look like to follow Jesus. Banjo, and can come on back up. Your life is meant to be an example. Your life is meant to be a picture of who God is and what he's doing. News should spread about what God is doing in your life to the point that people don't even have to talk quite as much because they see the way you're living. Not because you're perfect or because everybody ought to be just like you, but because you're following Jesus in a way that somebody could say, okay, there's something, somebody to follow. We're going to close our, our, our time today with an opportunity to To take communion, and, and there's part part of taking communion is is ministering and reminding us of the greatest example of the greatest human. If we if if we're to if we're to think about what does it look like to be to be the the best picture of what God created me to be, there's there's no greater picture than what we're about to about to take right here that somebody would love others so much that he would sacrifice himself and be willing to suffer for them. When we take communion, we, we proclaim the example that we long to follow. God wants to, to, to change our lives through human example, and there's no greater example than the Lord Jesus Thank you for listening to the Grace City Church Podcast. Whether this is your first time with us or you find the Lord moving you to engage differently or just learn more about who we are, we encourage you to find us at our website at www.thegracecity.com to explore all of the ways that you can give, connect, and engage. Thank you again for being with us. Now go live as image bearers of the King.